And now, America's number one show on pop culture and politics. This is the Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. It is a great day, even though the uh, grand jury has a day off. No, there is no dramatic announcement of an indictment. There is no arrest. There is no fingerprinting. And no, it doesn't look like President Trump is going to be led away in handcuffs at any point soon. But it does look as if he is soaring in the polls. Could he actually benefit from all of this? Or more to the point, is all of this focus on Trump and his legal, potential legal problems, does that end up hurting Ron DeSantis? Because while Trump may not be the big winner, at least not yet, DeSantis appears to be a big loser. Why? Uh, it's unreal. It is for various uh, reasons that he has shown himself to be a disappointment as a candidate. At least that's an argument of uh, some of the commentariat that has been looking at the performance of the former, well, current Florida governor, over the last uh, few weeks. 1-800-955-1776 is our phone number. If you think things have gone well for Ron DeSantis, uh, you're certainly in a minority because the polling and uh, the indications and the analysis of where this campaign stands is pretty gloomy for the guy from Florida right now. And he may not even be, as everyone had so solemnly expected and so firmly expected, he may not even be the chief challenge to Donald Trump. Uh, the uh, new tracking poll from Morning Consult uh, is pretty shocking. It shows Trump up at 54 percent, which, of course, is more than enough for him to sweep the nomination Ron DeSantis at 26%, so it's a two-to-one margin. It's not the normal five- to ten-point margin that you used to see. This is a 28-point margin for Donald Trump over Ron DeSantis. Mike Pence is third with 7%, and then Nikki Haley uh, stuck at 4%. And that's a surprise because her rollout generally had been considered to be Pretty effective. She has had solid campaign events in South Carolina, of course, and in Iowa. And uh, she has done well. She does well presenting her case on TV. And you would think that at this point, particularly with the SAG for Ron DeSantis, that there would be some shift over to the Nikki Haley camp or at least to somebody else. But everybody else in this poll is um, negligible. Nikki Haley, 4%. Liz Cheney, who I don't think is going to be running for president, at 3%. Greg Abbott, governor of Texas, 1%. Christy Noem, governor of South Dakota, 1%. Mike Pompeo, 1%. Uh, Glenn Youngkin, 1%. Tim Scott, 1%. And uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, 1%. He has been, by the way, the one most supportive of President Trump and President Trump's um, problems, the most supportive of any of the other uh, rival candidates. There is a, a piece by Rafi Schwartz that appeared in This Week or The Week, 
and it says at this stage in the 2024 GOP presidential primary cycle, the fact that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis hasn't officially declared his candidacy for his party's nomination feels more like an administrative afterthought than a sign of genuine electoral reluctance. And uh, they have as a subheading for uh, this piece, which is titled, Why is Ron DeSantis Slipping in the Polls? Could his 2024 presidential campaign, campaign be over before it even starts? He certainly didn't help himself, it doesn't appear, with an interview with a Pierce Morgan, which Trump has already mocked. It was just released. The, um, the piece over here in the week goes on and says, with his reputation bolstered by a rare good showing during an otherwise disappointing GOP midterm election that was just back in November a couple of weeks ago, DeSantis has spent the early part of 2023 crisscrossing the country with conspicuous stops in presidential primary hubs like Iowa and New Hampshire, hawking his Make America Florida memoir, which, by the way, is doing very well. It's a number one bestseller. And in virtually all of the bestseller lists, it's the number one nonfiction bestseller. And it basically is a pretty dry uh, and not particularly funny. I don't, I don't think anyone would say that Governor DeSantis is noted for his sense of humor. There's no sparkling wit there. But it basically just tells a story of why he thinks and the voters of Florida agree with him that he was a great governor of Florida and that we need more approaches like that in the rest of the country. Um, it says that he has been crisscrossing the country and weighing in on matters ostensibly outside the scope of someone content to stay in state government for long. Despite his early reputation as a potential Trump slayer, Coupled with a number of encouraging, if largely premature, polls, the light from DeSantis's political star seems to be dimming. Data analytics firm Morning Consult released an updated 2024 GOP primary tracking poll that was taken over this past weekend, the weekend of St. Patrick's Day, that showed DeSantis tied with his record low which is not a good thing, uh, given the fact that he has gotten so much publicity. And again, even if his book has gotten a great deal of publicity. Meanwhile, Trump surged to more than double the Florida governor's support. And when you look at those numbers, you, you have to ask why. And what uh, the piece in the week says is DeSantis' slippage comes against amidst a particularly rocky stretch of headlines for the governor. He downgraded Ukraine's defense against an ongoing Russian invasion as not part of the vital national interest for the U.S. A foray into international politics which earned him the surprisingly caustic ire of many of his fellow Republicans. I think it damaged him deeply. Uh, there was a piece today by Brett Stevens in the New York Times where he had said that he was planning to vote for DeSantis if DeSantis won the nomination because he would greatly prefer DeSantis over Joe Biden. He said that changed with DeSantis's comments about basically throwing Ukraine to the wolves. Uh, this foreign policy squabble was overtaken by rising questions over DeSantis's personal touch on the campaign trail 
and his capacity for retail politics. That was followed by the most open warfare to date between DeSantis and Trump, whose allies blasted the governor as a weasel for raising Trump's alleged hush money payments to adult star uh, Stormy Daniels in a backhanded attempt to denounce the possibility of criminal indictments. I mean, what, what DeSantis did, which got a big laugh, and I don't think it was intended to get a laugh, is uh, they were asking him about the specific charges against Trump. And he said, I, I don't really know anything about that. I don't want to talk about that when it comes to paying money, hush money, to an alleged porn star. That's not something I know anything about. And which made it sound like, okay, Ron DeSantis uh, probably is not engaged in that activity. So people laughed at it. But was that actually a uh, an attack on Trump that uh, demanded that he be blasted as a weasel? It's the trend that's important, and the trend is unequivocal. Nate Cohen of the New York Times uh, has commented. Every single one of these polls has shown Mr. DeSantis faring worse than the one before and Mr. Trump faring better. So what about that interview with Pierce Morgan? What went wrong there? And why did he agree to it anyway? Uh, we will get to that and more coming up on The Medved Show. Your daily dose of debate. It's The Michael Medved Show. 1-800-955-1776. The Michael Medved Show. That's 1-800-955-1776. The Michael Medved Show. There's more breaking news, more information about... Today's school shooting, yes, another school shooting, but this one was not in a classroom. It was in a uh, meeting room, uh, a private meeting room, uh, where a, a male student with a troubled past uh, was supposed to go every day to be patted down to make sure that he didn't have firearms. Now, why such a person uh was allowed to continue to continue at school with it. If if your children were going to Denver East High School, this is where that occurred. Uh, how would you feel if if you knew that one of the students who was going to be there with your kids uh, was such a danger that he had to have a private pat down every day, every day? And while the uh, pat down was going on today, he took out a gun and shot two teachers, one of whom is in critical condition. And what a sad thing. What a horrible thing. A male student shot and wounded two faculty members at a Denver high school on Wednesday, then fled the scene, uh, spurring a citywide search for his whereabouts, according to city officials. The suit shooting occurred at East High School, was reported at about 9.50 a.m. local time, and police and medical responders arrived on the scene very quickly to find two adult men with severe gunshot wounds, Denver Police Chief Ron Thomas said. One faculty member is in stable condition and the other is in critical condition. The student suspected in the student shooting, who was under 18, was under a school safety plan in which she was patted down each day, the police chief said. During Wednesday's search, a handgun was retrieved, 
and several shots were fired in an office area in front of the school, away from other students and staff, he said. The student then fled the school, and a search is underway for his whereabouts. The weapon has not been recovered. Uh, we are looking for the suspect. Mayor Michael Hancock said, we will find that suspect and we will hold that suspect accountable for his actions this morning in placing everyone in danger and certainly wounding the two staff members who were doing their job and trying to keep everyone safe at the time. I, I mean, a, a safety plan for a given student um, there's so many ways it could go wrong, as it obviously did today. But would it not be would it not be possible for him, even after he's patted down, uh, to go procure a knife somehow on campus and to use that to attack a fellow student or a teacher or anyone? The uh, a student opened fire at a Dallas area school Monday morning. Wait, is this this is two days ago? This is a different one. This is Arlington, Texas. Good heavens! Uh, one student killed, one injured in high school shooting near Dallas. A student opened fire at a Dallas area school. This is Monday morning of this week, killing one student, injuring another, before being arrested on a capital murder charge. The shooting began on a high school campus in the suburb of Arlington around 6.55 a.m. before many students had even arrived for the first day back to classes after a spring break, according to police and school district officials. The Arlington Police Chief Al Jones uh, said Monday that a male student who was shot died at the hospital and a female victim was receiving medical care after being grazed by shrapnel causing injuries that aren't life-threatening. He declined to give their ages or grades. Um, should, it, should it not be possible to um, uh, somehow separate firearms from uh, teenagers, and uh, particularly teenagers at school? And I'm not, not talking about people who want to go hunting with dad or hunting with Uncle Bob or what, whatever you're doing. But, but this, uh, and this is one week. In Denver, the shooter has fled, and he's still at large. Oh, great. Uh, and uh, I don't know. Do, do, do people know? Does he still, is he still armed and dangerous? They don't, we don't know. They say they've recovered the firearm that he used, and, and with one teacher in critical condition. All I think about is that teacher who apparently is a male teacher, um, but I am not sure. But let's say it is, and let's say he's married and he has a family like most teachers do. And uh, can you imagine critical condition? And the damage that is done so pointlessly, so pointlessly. Now, there's another poll, speaking of breaking news. This is um, uh, Monmouth University released new polling showing Trump with a double-digit lead in the Republican primary contest. This is an improvement relative to Monmouth's February poll in which Trump and DeSantis were tied. 
What stands out when considering how voters' views have changed in the past month is that Trump has seen a surge with his longstanding bases of support. Members of the party, people who say they are strong conservatives, and those without college degrees. Among other groups, like Republican-leaning independents, those with college degrees, his position has not seen the same kind of uh, decisive uh, improvement. Uh, speaking of decisive improvements, there's this matter of the collapse of the DeSantis campaign, or at least the collapse of its energy and momentum. Um, Ron DeSantis was on with Pierce Morgan, who is now doing a show for CNN, the little-watched CNN, you might add, and uh, he expressed confidence about beating Joe Biden. Not as much about beating Donald Trump. Listen, this is clip nine. You think you could beat Biden? I think so. So you're running then? No, I didn't say that. I just said I think I could. I mean, I think that that's, I mean, if you look at Florida. It would be harder to beat, Biden or Donald Trump? We're, I don't know. Those are two different. Okay. And then uh, he, uh, Pierce Morgan asked Ron DeSantis, which nickname he preferred, since Trump is bestowing nicknames. This is clip 10. Which is your favorite nickname that Trump's given you so far? Is it Ron, Ron de Sanctimonious or Meatball Ron? <laughs> well, I can't... I think uh, even he went off Meatball Ron, I, but... I can't... Uh, I don't know how to spell de Sanctimonious. I don't really know what it means, but I, you know, I kind of like it's long. It's got a lot of vowels. I mean, so we go with that. That's fine. You know, you can, call me, you can call me whatever you want. I mean, just as long as you, you know, also call me a winner, because that's what we've been able to do in Florida is put a lot of points on the board and, and, and really take the state to the next level. Okay. Uh, yeah, I... I believe that he does know how to spell Ron the Sanctimonious. Winning. Uh, but but uh, again, the, the question about do most people in the United States really understand what Trump means with Ron the Sanctimonious? There's more and uh, more on the reasons for Sanctimonious's difficulty. Uh, Ron DeSantis's we will be right back on the Medved Show. Michael Medved. I am so much better at what he's doing than he is. This is the Michael Medved Show. The Michael Medved Show. All across America. This is the Michael Medved Show. And on the Michael Medved show, uh, just um, hours ago, President Trump responded to Ron DeSantis. And see, again, now this is placed in my mind. This is maybe why it's an effective nickname after all. I was about to say Ron DeSanctimonious. I don't want it's, – it's, it's not appropriate. I don't want to do that. But it's one of those things that sticks. In any event, on Truth Social – uh, President Trump uh, just said, while I am fighting against radical left lunatics, all capitalized, uh, persecutors and unfair prosecutors who want to destroy us all. They want to destroy us all. Okay. Rhonda Sanctimonious is not working for the people of Florida as he should be. He is too busy chatting with a ratings-challenged TV host from England 
desperately trying to rescue his failing campaign. Dash, but it's my fault. I put him there. And I think what he means is that he provided support to uh, Ron DeSantis in the primary that he was running in to get elected governor of Florida and uh, and also uh, in the general election, which was he Ron DeSantis didn't need Trump's support this time, uh, but he very much did when he first won the office in 2018, and Trump supported him uh, against uh, Andrew Gillum. Remember him, who basically ended his political career because he was caught in a hotel room with a number of male sex workers and lots of cocaine, including uh, uh, apparently in his body. That, That doesn't do good for a political career, but again... It, what's what's interesting is if, God forbid, something like that were discovered about President Trump, uh, it goes to that point that he made, and it was one of the most insightful things I think the president has ever said, which is that he could shoot somebody in broad daylight on Fifth Avenue and people would still be supportive of him. Uh, and here was uh, DeSantis talking about a possible indictment of uh, not his rival, but one of his uh, fellow candidates, one of the competing candidates for the presidency, because even though Ron DeSantis has not officially announced his campaign, he appears very likely to. Here is what he had to say about uh, Donald Trump. Listen. Well, I think it's there's a lot of speculation about what the underlying conduct is. That is purported to be it. And, you know, the reality is that's just outside my wheelhouse. I mean, that's just not something that I can speak to. So, uh, you know, I hope it doesn't come to where you end up seeing this going forward. I mean, look, if you are a very strident prosecutor, and this guy's on the left, and you're not prosecuting a lot of crimes, Manhattan's gotten uh, less safe, you're going to go after somebody on the other side for some novel offense. Uh, that just does not inspire confidence, and people see that as weaponizing the justice system. So, so I think it's fundamentally wrong to do that. And, um, you know, I just made it be known. But, who, you know, we'll see. Maybe it won't come to that. I mean, I, we haven't seen anything firm yet. Okay. Um, basically, a an appropriately cautious let's wait and see. Uh, Matt Gates, uh, who is also from Florida, like uh, Ron DeSantis, he has not been a an, an outspoken defender of Ron DeSantis at all. But uh, Matt Gates, who has recently seen the investigation that he was undergoing by the Ethics Committee of the House, an investigation for sex with underage uh, people, an underage woman in particular, uh, Matt Gates uh, was appearing on News Nation, and he had this to say. This is clip 15. If I were governor of Florida... I would not allow any Floridian to be hauled before some Soros-backed prosecutor in some blue city over politics. And I wouldn't make an exception to not protect the president of the United States. Ron DeSantis should be standing in the breach to stop any sort of extradition of President Trump from the state of Florida. And the fact that he's not doing so puts every Floridian at risk who could be the subject of a false allegation. I know Ron DeSantis well, he's a friend, but he hasn't been the target of 
false and persistent allegations like President Trump has. And so I don't think he really understands the nature of this fight right now. Uh, I think that it was a bit uncouth for him to take a jab at the former president. And there's a role for the governor of Florida here, I think, to stand up for our state, for the rule of law, and to push back against the Sorosization of the criminal justice system. Okay, uh, the, to stand up for the rule of law to prevent what is a pro forma. Uh, I mean, this is even more pro forma, the idea of allowing extradition. Uh, governors don't get to determine which accused uh, potential criminals uh, we are going to prevent from traveling to New York. I mean, fortunately, the Trump team does not appear to be pushing on this issue. But uh, is this a, a way to drive down uh, the prospects of Ron DeSantis even more? Which brings us back to this piece uh, by uh, that appeared in The Week where they write the uh, – it's easy to tell a tidy story about why Mr. DeSantis has slipped. Nate Cohen of the uh, New York Times says, is quoted as saying, pointing to a confluence of factors like DeSantis's midterm bumps uh, subsiding. He had gotten a big boost by his great showing in the midterm and increased criticism from Trump and DeSantis' lackluster rebuttals. Uh, DeSantis has largely made a series of prudent decisions for someone gearing up for a presidential run, they write. The problem is you can do all the things you think a presidential candidate should do and none of it will matter because at the end of the day, and this is from USA Today's Rex Hupke, at the end of the day you have to face off with a political equivalent of a rabid badger on bath salts. He noted that all Trump has to do is step away from the waffle bar at his golf resort for 10 seconds and tweet something like, Rhino Ronda Satanist is to see a surge in the polls. Hupke lamented the wealthy donors and non-MAGA conservatives who still hope against hope that Trump's base of voters will someday wake up and abandon their toxic idol. Uh, a lot can change between now and the Republican National Convention. DeSantis may ultimately decide this is not the year to run and leave Trump a wide open lane to capture the nomination. And, uh, of course, it's very unlikely that uh, Trump, whether he wins or loses, he's, if, he lo if he wins in this race and his return to the White House, he can never run for president again. <laughs> That's the, the end of Ronald Trump's uh, Ronald Trump's, Donald Trump's presidential service. Uh, Trump's looming criminal exposure could potentially only serve to bolster his standing among the GOP base. We will get to that. But if DeSantis does decide to run, his challenge remains, as it always has been, to take out a politician with no shame, no restraint, and everything to lose. And uh, when you talk about everything to lose, there's actually a big political victory that was just uh, uh, given tribute in the Wall Street Journal for a Republican that probably most people who are listening to me, including people even here in the Seattle area, haven't really heard of. Her name is Ann Davison, and she's somebody I was very proud to support in her campaign for city attorney in Seattle. And it was one of those... Items in the recent elections 
that uh, marked a, a real turn in a very, very liberal city. And now that real turn has been producing real results. In what matter? In the absolutely crucial matter of crime in the streets and reducing the ability of repeat offenders to uh, go out there and repeat offend. How'd she do it? We will get to that and more coming up on The Michael Medved Show. Your daily dose of debate. No, 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 don't make me out to be an idiot. But he... No, you're doing that. No, 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 I'm not. I can... Very effectively. This is The Michael Medved Show. 1-800-955-1776. The Michael Medved Show. And on the Michael Medved show, I mean, generally, uh, what you will hear a lot in the news, certainly you'll hear a lot in talk radio, on cable TV, you'll hear everywhere, all the terrible things that politicians do. Uh, and as politicians of the left and the right, of course, you hear more about uh, negativity about people on the right, usually, because I do believe that most of the media outlets lean to the left. But there is a um, one example of a tribute uh, from uh, the Wall Street Journal, which I think tries to play it fair and square, even though it is more conservative than not. But the Wall Street Journal has a tribute right now to Ann Davison, who uh, st shocked the world because she is a Republican. She ran for lieutenant governor as a Republican. She didn't emphasize that when she was running for a nonpartisan office. The nonpartisan office is city attorney in the city of Seattle. And we had before a city attorney named Pete Holmes. And uh, <laughs> I, I always think of the fact he has the same name, but he has no relation to a college roommate of mine who was um, extremely strange. I, I mean... A very, very un unusual guy, and so was the Pete Holmes, the city attorney. In any event, she ran on a platform of getting tough on crime. And in this liberal city, she won, and she won handily. And uh, the Wall Street Journal today, National News, writes, Policy News Flash, fighting crime reduces crime. Whoa! What a thought! The latest evidence comes from Seattle, of all places, where city attorney Ann Davison's efforts are showing real results. Ms. Davison took office in January 2022 after voters elected her on a law and order mandate. She has uh, focused on the 168 troublemakers responsible for a disproportionate amount of crime. Now, this is 168 people. How many misdemeanors in Seattle over a five-year period, do you think that these 168 individuals, it's just people, 168 people, 3,500 misdemeanors. These miscreants had an average of 6.3 misdemeanor criminal incidents referred for prosecution in Seattle every year. Their most common crimes were theft, to buy fentanyl or meth, which often led to more serious charges such as assaults and robbery if someone attempts to stop them. But uh, new numbers show that on Ms. Davidson's watch, the number of annual misdemeanor referrals by this group 
has dropped. What changed? Well, start with arrests and punishment. In the past 142 of Seattle's, in the past year, 142 of the top 168 recidivists, in other words, the people who were most commonly repeating crimes, were behind bars at some point. King County jails had limited bookings for most misdemeanors, but last spring, Ms. Davison brokered an agreement to make an exception for Seattle's most prolific misdemeanor criminals. She also pushed through a reform that excludes from Seattle's notoriously lenient community court anyone who had 12 or more charges referred to the city attorney for prosecution over the past five years, including one in the past eight months. Their cases are now handled by the municipal court where they can face bail requirements and jail time. Ms. Davison has persevered despite criticism from Seattle progressives. But the facts vindicate her approach. Imagine crime falls when you arrest and punish criminals. Now, unfortunately, as city attorney, she doesn't get to do anything about the most dire needs in the city of Seattle in terms of rolling back crime. Uh, number one is hiring more police officers and stopping this nonsense of Seattle per population having a, a ridiculous, uh, a ridiculously small police department. And partially they say it's because they can't find suitable people to recruit. This has to be the top priority. There's a city council election coming up this, this year and uh, there are many members of the city council. I think there's seven members of the city council who are not running for re-election, including the open socialist Shama Swant. And that's a good thing. But for goodness sake, we had here in, Se in Seattle, in the state of Washington, uh, there was an initiative that voted in the idea of three strikes and you're out. And uh, basically, if you commit the same crime again and again, or if you commit serious crimes three times, then uh, basically you're not released again a few months later. It only makes sense, right? And yet, of course, the uh, courts have uh, nibbled at it and nibbled at it, and that, that isn't the law here anymore, despite the fact that people voted for it. And it, it seems to me that this is one of those areas where uh, continued progress can be made, and particularly with uh, leaders like Ann Davison. Congratulations to her and the recognition at the Wall Street Journal, and maybe more national recognition is underway. Uh, they, they are now talking about the governor's race. We have a governor's race coming up at the same time as the presidential race, which has always been part of the problem for the state of Washington, why there hasn't been a Republican. You know the last time a Republican one for governor of the state of Washington? It was 1980. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. It's before many people who are listening to me were even born. But in any event, uh, not talking about Ann Davison running for governor, but we could do much, much worse and probably will. In any event, uh, the, uh, the reporting and hotline of uh, Florida... Governor Ron DeSantis questioned former Trump's character. Uh-oh. Uh, during an interview with broadcaster Piers Morgan, 
describing himself as a winner who runs government without daily drama. Uh, DeSantis took clear aim at Trump's often criticized penchant for chaos and for hiring people who were at odds with his professed policy interests and who often leaked information to the news media. Remember Rex Tillerson, <laughs> who was his first appointment for Secretary of State before things settled down with Mike Pompeo? The Florida governor's recent broadsides against the former president, which have been sharper than any previous ones, have surprised Republican operatives and Trump allies. And basically what he's talking about, he's trying to draw a contrast between the DeSantis term as governor, one term, so far, he's in the middle of his second term, and uh, Trump's one term as president. And it is true that there was uh, more controversy even, more unpredictability, uh, and less momentum and direction in the uh, Trump one-term as presidency. And you could say, well, that was partially because he had to deal with uh, a, a hostile Congress. But guess what? First two years of Trump's presidency, the Republicans and his Republican allies were in control of Congress. In any event, they also report over at Hotline uh, that uh, Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg is preparing to issue an arrest warrant for Trump, while the former president has been telling friends at his Mar-a-Lago estate that he welcomes the idea of being paraded by the authorities before a throng of reporters and news cameras. He has even mused openly about whether he should smile for the assembled media. And he has pondered how the public would react and is said to have described the potential spectacle as a fun experience. You can kind of imagine that. I, I mean, again, one of the things that I don't think President Trump would even deny it, he, he loves being the center of attention and having people screaming on both sides because probably if there is allowed to be any crowds nearby while President Trump is uh, delivering himself to the Manhattan District Attorney's office, uh, there, there would be people on both sides, people who would be screaming in President Trump's behalf and screaming against Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan District Attorney, and then people who would be screaming against President Trump. Let's just hope they can maintain peace among the various participants. Um, he, uh, no one is quite sure whether his remarks about how this would be a fun experience and whether he should smile are bravado or genuine resignation about what lies ahead. Yet there is no guarantee that Trump will even have a perp walk if the Manhattan grand jury votes to indict him. Uh, there is so much more, but there's also ongoing controversy about Israel, anti-Semitism, and why an increase in negative feelings toward Jewish people, which we will get to in this greatest nation on God's green earth.